You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Two, one, hit it. Listeners of the show will uh, can go listen to the last episode of Go Plug Yourself and hear the microphone fall off Amy Blackmore again and again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are we good now? We are joined by Helen Simar uh, from Dance Side of the Moon, which I just before I even saw anything thought was an amazing name. Yeah. Like before I even before I even like opened opened up the email, I was like I'm like sold. Yeah. <laughs> and then the image. Yeah, exactly. E- then, perfect. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. The uh, and you were working with former member of Team Greco. Yeah. Maxine. Maxine Segalowitz. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, we had um, we've had a Holly on the show a couple of times in the past, and uh, what was the name of the show that Holly and Maxine did maybe three years ago? Uh, the, uh, the one where they were at like one. Way to put everyone on the spot. I know. I'm, I'm asking everybody. It's okay if we forget. I can fix this in post. This is like, really bad because I know this, but yeah, right now I don't know it because I was, saw that show. It was hilarious. Uh, is was, this pretentious? Yes. yes there we yes. go. That's yeah. It. yeah, we didn't actually have Maxine. Maxine never has been. I don't think Maxine's been on the show. But this is now. But this will be now the second time a show that she's been involved with is <laughs> plugged on Go Fringe Yeah, yourself. and we're like, where is Maxine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like it. this mysterious um, person who's only about on Maxine, stage. She only exists on stage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Until until there is a stage, she's just more of an idea. She's like when a modern day pokeru, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. there's no lights. There's no Maxine. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh, so tell us about the show just to, oh, to kick it off well so um, <laughs> it's funny that you you brought up the title because the show uh, literally started as a joke because of the title um, <laughs> actually a joke from like 10 years ago uh, with a friend of mine we were you know having a night end of the night listening to Dark Side of the Moon we're like <laughs> we should make a dance show and call it Dance Side <laughs> of the Moon that would be awesome um, and I you know unfortunately told Maxine about this uh, last uh, last October I'd come to Rocky Horror and we had a conversation about it she's like let's do it so (laughs) if you know Maxine you know she's a woman of her word and if you suggest something (laughs) it's happening Um, so yeah we just decided to make the show and basically for those who might not have figured it out yet it is a a dance piece Mm -hmm. to Dark Side of the Moon in its entirety oh Um, I didn't think it was going to be the whole thing it's the whole thing because if you're going to do part of it you have to do the whole thing yeah Yeah. Um, so it's it's a 45 minute solo Mm -hmm. dance by Maxine uh, with video projections uh, by Kim Sam. Cho, and we're in the freestanding room, cool. nice. uh, so it's kind of this immersive, trippy experience mm-hmm. uh, that kind of combines, yeah, uh, a dance piece with an art installation with the fun of listening to a record mm-hmm. with 30 of your closest friends. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Well, that, this is like, you know, when you, you're just like, you know what I want to do this weekend? I just want to smoke and listen to a vinyl and like see art. This is it. <laughs> it's all of it. This together. is it, guys. This is it. <laughs> it it's funny, like, um, they did, when they um, closed down the old planetarium, mm-hmm. uh, right, because the planetarium used to be downtown and then they moved it up to uh, like where the biodome is. Yep. When they closed down the old planetarium, uh, Shom actually did uh, a thing like on like one of the last nights where they just they played Dark Side and just kind of like went nuts with the star map yeah. 
and just you just so you just sort of like sat sat there in the planetarium while like the stars spun around above you listening to Dark Side of the Moon, and I was just sort of was like, this should be an all the time thing. Like, <laughs> why is this not on the pla- regular planetarium program? You're sort of like we're listening to like a classic vinyl, and we're just gonna just go nuts with the star map over your head. And is everybody into it? And you're like, yes. It wouldn't yeah. be as special. But you maybe, can't do it all the time. Not, maybe not a regular thing, but maybe like once a month or something. You know, like. What but now, it? instead of seeing I stars, know. you can see. You can see dancing. Dance. Exactly. <laughs> but no, that's what I'm saying. But I was like, I find especially like, come those, on, like, those like. Open classes. your mind. Jeez, I was getting to a point. <laughs> My point was, I was like, a lot of these, uh, like, especially like trippier kind of albums, which I think like Dark Side is kind of the, Dark Side of the Moon is sort of one of the like number one on the like, <laughs> on the like, like a weird trippy album that ev- basically everyone has heard. Like, it's not necessarily yeah. out there. They benefit a lot from being paired with a visual medium. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of like, it's why people I think have been like trying to sync up dark side with wizard of Oz and like, and all that <laughs> stuff. It's just sort of like, there's so many like interesting, weird, like even the progressions between the tracks are like super weird yeah. on dark side and stuff. So it's just sort of like, it lends itself well to a visual pairing and now it's cool to see that you guys did it to dance and that was always a big part of Pink Floyd's like identity right it's the visual identity and kind of the idea that the music has has a visual environment as well and that the the imagination space that you're creating by Mm -hmm. listening to the album is actually something that you can see as opposed to just hear Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah I mean it's funny because it's an album that obviously almost everyone and their dog has listened to at least once but I think that there's something about, you know, beyond the album itself, we're kind of looking at this idea of what what does it mean to have a communal listening experience? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to have nostalgia about music? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what does it mean to have kind of an imagined world around music? And, and is the imagined world that we're going to present the one that you have in your head? Yeah. And then you're confronted with the fact that maybe you had a totally different show mm-hmm. yeah. imagined in your head that's playing out while you're watching the one we did. So, uh, so I think we're, you know, we're trying to make it, yes, it's about, dark side of the moon but it's also about what does music mean to us and right. and how is this how is this medium so important is in our imaginary space mm-hmm. as human beings oh well, i'm really excited <laughs> <laughs> i'm super excited you know, but it's funny that you should say that about like the the, the visuals like i um i do this all the time mm-hmm. where when i'm listening to music i sort of like have a music video in my head mm-hmm. and like often like i'll I'll like I'll edit and change it every time I listen to the song like sort of like I'll often especially songs that I'm really into I have like an idea of what the music video would be even if it's not something that a song that has a music video or whatever and then I'll like listen to the song again and again I keep like changing it in my mind so I have like a visual representation of music and, and I find it's obviously when you listen to someone like it's rare that you're gonna get a chance to see what someone else's yeah. music video is. Yeah. In head, but I just sort of like. But you guys are kind of like. I'm not to say it'll 100% be the video of your mind, but it will be someone's music video. You know, like essentially. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, like, and and I think that there's something you know there's something really interesting in taking an album in mm. its entirety because yeah. it's something that I mean maybe I'm giving my age away, but like <laughs> you know listening to vinyls and sitting down and the act of putting on a record mm. and and being really connected that or even a tape right and yeah. having to turn it over like that was such a huge part of yeah. of my childhood and my youth and still today I yeah. love listening to music and 
and we rarely have the experience to listen to an album in its entirety anymore because yeah. everyone's Spotify yeah. or yeah. playlists. Playlist. Um, but to, to kind of say, like, this is a thing that a group of artists imagined yeah. that has its own dramaturgy, that has its own kind of pacing mm-hmm. and, and, you know, artistic arc, and then how have I inserted myself into that artistic arc, and then how does Maxine insert herself into that yeah. work, right? So we're really playing with, like, yeah, how do you how do you go on a trip with a thing that's that's telling you something and you mm-hmm. want to respond to it? So we've yeah. just tried to respond in the time we've had to to the album and, and we're hoping, actually my my wish would be that everybody go ho- goes home and makes their own Dance Side of the Moon, right? <laughs> <laughs> like next year at the Fringe, it's just Dance Sides of the Moon because I think we all have, like you said, that music video playing yeah. in our yeah. head, our imagination. Or maybe if it's not Dark Side of the Moon, what's what's your favorite album? Yeah. Will you go home and listen to it and imagine what th- what show you would yeah. make to your favorite album? Just so inspired. Yeah. So like that would be actually, it's like pretty cool. It's just like, okay, go see the show then go home and listen to that album <laughs> or like what like that album the one you're thinking about that you're like oh man i really want to listen to an album right now and just like play it out mm-hmm. and see and see how that goes oh, yeah no but it's funny it's funny you mentioned that because like we um it took us a, sadly a while like i used to have i had a stack of records we didn't have a record player for yeah. a really long time we only got one maybe about two years ago yeah and just and it's just sort of like you mentioned that experience of a listening to an album which is like rare because mm-hmm. you often just you hit your playlist and whatever but then listening to a lot of those classic albums there is like you said like the the end of side a like there, like it builds to something like there there's a like just the, so, you know like, like there's a, there like yeah. a record has a built-in intermission yeah. that so many artists used to like play with like mm-hmm. you know like you did something on side a you flip it and then usually it like takes something that was happening from side a and then like starts it up again on side you know what i mean like which I don't even think is necessarily something artists even think about anymore because that's not how a album is consumed anymore. Yeah, well, that's it. when CDs came in. So that's it with an you know with a record you used to or a tape. I mean, we're talking about on vinyl. You could probably have maybe four or five songs mm-hmm. per yeah. side. Yeah. So albums were generally like forty-two, yeah. forty to forty-five minutes, yeah. right? And you had to think about that pacing as two parts. Whereas when CDs came in, all of a sudden it was the third song. The yeah. third song was the important one because you had to hook people in and you were yeah. going to play through for 10 songs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it really does create this really this really special kind of pacing yeah. of the music. And I think Dark Side is so interesting because the two sides are so different, yeah. right? Yeah. You have the first side that's just, yes, it's a bunch of different songs, but it's basically one long composition yeah. yes. with one kind of theme and progression. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the second side and it's all these really different songs that are talking about different themes. Yeah. So they kind of sweep us in, you know, and Pink Floyd kind of sweeps you in and gets you hooked yeah. with this kind of epic buildup and then kind of like hits you with a bunch of different ideas in the second half. Mm-hmm. So so we've, you know, not necessarily gone, it's, it's been an interesting process and being like <laughs> how much do we indulge with the music itself how much do we stay true to the music yeah. of what it is and how how much do we try to play against it yeah because it's such a powerful record yeah. that if you just indulge the record the whole time it might end up being kind of cheesy or like yeah. obvious yeah um you, we're like we don't want to illustrate the records yeah, it's but al- it's also like, like you don't like, want like, it to be like when you go see a show and it's just like uh what are they the <sighs> <laughs> Sorry. What are they? Come on. Just give me... Uh, what? In, like, the guys are like... They they sing the same songs. Cover band. Like cover a cover band. band. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I can't... I don't know what's wrong with me. It's Sunday. <laughs> Sunday evening. It's Sunday. Um, but, yeah, it's like... You don't want that vibe where you're just seeing a cover band. Like... Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah we wanted to create experience. kind of kind of our response to yeah. it and and a response in a way like there's been a lot of questioning in the process of saying okay this is an album that's almost like 50 years old yeah is it still relevant are the themes that they're talking about mm-hmm. about loneliness about despair about camp yeah. capitalism mm-hmm. uh about mental illness like are these themes still relevant if they're relevant are they still the same today mm-hmm. as they were almost 50 years ago you know can we talk about this album being universal even everyone's heard it but does yeah. it really speak to us anymore mm-hmm. and there's been really interesting conversations too about the fact that this is you know Pink Floyd had this really kind of anti-capitalist message yeah. in the album and yet here they are they're billionaires <laughs> it's the highest yeah. one of the highest selling albums yeah, of all time yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's an album that was super experimental that became incredibly popular yeah. Yeah. so this kind of idea that it, that it is this kind of on the outside of the art yeah. Uh, world thing yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. exist anymore right so we're trying to kind of navigate those questions too mm. without getting too conceptual or yeah, too exactly. heady or having too much of a message we're trying to get across and it's also i mean just like creatively it's also kind of weird because like i said like when, you, when you're when you're dealing with that like dark side existed as like the beginning of pink floyd mm-hmm. but then like you just like the wall is like a very direct response to that success you know so it's like you now in 2018 know how they dealt with it kind mm-hmm. of thing you know where, where it's just sort of like so you have all that extra like you also have like you have the history of the band knowing how they ended up dealing with some of the things that they were not sure how they were going to deal with the dark side like i don't know it just seems like it's a huge huge thing that did you bit off to be like okay now we're gonna in 2018 do a, a dance show about this like i i feel a Personally, I feel I would get overwhelmed. So it's, I guess, hats off to you guys to, <laughs> to, to, have, to have like have, have cut it down and, and managed to retain your, hopefully, retain your sanity and have like a, <laughs> a finished product that like uh, is like that you guys are happy with, you know? Like, yeah, and I yeah. mean, I think what's really fun is because we're an off show. Like, it, it's not a finished product, and mm-hmm. it won't be. We have twelve shows, mm-hmm. right? Wow. So that's yeah. so exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I've never created a, a full-length solo for somebody before. Mm-hmm. You know, I mostly do group work. Okay. So that's been a whole challenge. And I've never gotten to do a premiere with so many performances, mm. right? Because a, a run in dance is often maybe four, five yeah. shows. And now you're doing 12. So, so we're doing 12 shows. And it is a marathon. Like, and Maxine is a champion. She's in such great shape. Uh, and she's she's just killing it. But we're really excited to see what the piece means once we have 30 people in the room. Yeah. Um, because we, you know, when you're creating, you're kind of in your own space. And this past week, we, we just started having kind of friends, test audience members come in. And the piece totally changed. Because I think what we realized is that there needs to be space for people to just listen to the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there are people who came to see it, uh, friends who were like, I loved it, but they're like, I stopped watching the piece for about 15 minutes mm-hmm. because I was just remembering, uh, you yeah. know, like, that time I listened to that record and I was with yeah. a friend and we yeah. stayed up all night and we had this conversation. So there's a whole space. We've, we've, we really realized that we have to leave a lot of space for audience members to have their own experience mm-hmm. and not, not hit them over the head yeah. the whole time. Well, yeah, and there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moments that are like very like soundscapey yeah. on the recording too, which are just sort of like, it's almost like, it's almost impossible when you're listening to those moments should not get like introspective like yeah. that's what yeah. they're it's there like for <laughs> you know like you're just sort of like you're supposed to be thinking right now so it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so that's it we're really excited to you know even with like two or three people in the room mm-hmm. uh it changed so much and so we're just really excited to you know th- starting this week getting into freestanding room with like 30 people yeah. and seeing 
I think not only to be in the room with the people, mm-hmm. but also I think it's really exciting for Maxine to see people having that experience. Yeah. And her seeing people having that experience is, is going to transform how she performs. So I think by the end of 12 shows, I don't even think by then we'll have a finished product because I think it's just going to keep transforming itself. In the freestanding room, I'm visual, it's, do you have audience on three sides? We have audience on three sides. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. We did a lot of kind of, you know, fiddling around and thinking about what the best f- configuration is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really treating the room like the room it is. We're not trying to pretend it's theater whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided to have audience on three sides. In mm-hmm. the end, we have video projections on two sides. Cool. Uh, and every seat comes with kind of a an experience warning. You know, <laughs> every seat has a, has a little card on it that says, uh, if you sit here, uh, you might have video projections in your eyes. <laughs> if you sit here, you might not see everything. Yeah. If you sit here, someone might touch you. Yeah. If you sit here, things might get intense. <laughs> <laughs> if you sit here, you might have to hold something for a while. So, Crazy card. Yeah. Yeah, so, so then it's, you know, as people come in and, and they have to decide what type of spectator they are yeah. and they have to decide what type of experience they want to yeah. have. Um, and we really want to make it this, you know, immersive, strange universe. So, so as much as it's not a theater that we're in, we're, we're hoping that the freestanding room trans- transforms itself into this portal to another dimension where you can go and Sounds have your... Sounds like it is. <laughs> it, it totally really does. Is. It really does. And like, it's especially like every seat, you know, your little, little calling card, you're just like, hey, you're in this. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be here and you're going to experience this. <laughs> I was also wondering... Uh, you're in here. You're not allowed to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to ask a little bit, obviously, uh, Maxine has worked on a, a ton of different shows. Like how collaborative was the choreography? Like how much was it? were you bringing in how much did she answer back like how did that Mm -hmm. how was that process so I mean I create mostly uh, my creative process is really an improv based creative process Mm -hmm. and I document uh, all improvisations Mm -hmm. and then kind of really source material because I I kind of feel like there's an intuitive person we have as an artist that often we try to control or suppress when we try to set things you know you're like now I will make choreography and all of a sudden all (laughs) that amazing dancing your body just does naturally get sanitized or Mm -hmm. flattened Um, so what we started with was kind of a lot of videos of me improvising in the space because I'm a member of freestanding room so we've been able to create yeah in the space it's awesome it's been it's been such a neat process so you know I go in and train uh, three times a week and just go dance and put on music that I love and dance to that music. So I have hours and hours and hours of footage of me dancing and we kind of went through and we're like, okay, this 30 seconds is really great. So Maxine would learn that 30 seconds from the video. Um, And we kind of pieced together this long string of movement phrases. And then we did some improvising together because I also want to see like, well, how does she respond to this music? So I let her bring in at different times as well uh, her movement or her Mm -hmm. physicality and we document those improvs and then I kind of go through um, I I often feel like what I'm doing is video editing um, (laughs) because I go through the videos and I'm like yes this is good that's terrible so cut that out that didn't work no this time that you danced to on the run that was great so Mm -hmm. we're going to try to build off that idea and and kind of took sometimes my movement and vocabulary and had her improvise with it sometimes had her bring her own movement vocabulary and then kind of went through to find uh, images that worked or kind yeah. of pacings mm-hmm. that worked or or movement qualities that went well with certain songs and built the choreography that way. So at the end of the day, there's some sections that are still 
improvised, mm-hmm. but they're improvised with really strict pr- parameters. Right. Yeah. Um, and those parameters are often things that, you know, maybe Maxine proposed a movement idea, and I was like, okay, can you do that type of movement, but say while you're singing the song? Yeah. And, but sing it really badly. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, your hand has to be the movement initiator, and it has to move through your whole body eventually. Yeah. Or, you know, so there, there's things that are really, really set, and then there's things that are uh, yeah, very free in a specific yeah like this is the concept exactly um so i always feel like like the work that i'm doing is is super collaborative Mm -hmm. because um if i wanted to do a solo that looked exactly like me i'd dance it myself right (laughs) you know and that's why it makes sense (laughs) we're just like okay so but maxine also does choreography so Mm -hmm. how did you guys work together and it's it's really interesting to really just filming each other and, and see how that <laughs> kind of flows and, and how her body is working with your movements as well. Yeah. So. Or even the fact that I think often when people improvise, they stay in complete improv land. So okay. I think it's been a really interesting um, experience for her to to have to re-watch improv she did. So yeah. something she did spontaneously. And then I'm like, no, you're going to do exactly that. <laughs> like not a version of that. Yeah. But you're, that, that your body told us something and yeah. that thing is the right thing. So let's learn exactly that. And it's yeah. it's a really strange process. Yeah. Because again, I think we often in, in improv kind of say, oh, I'm going to generally do this or yeah, I yeah, kind yeah. of do that. It's like, no, that exact thing you did is perfect. Yeah. yeah. So now let's do it again. Let's figure and out what got you into that. <laughs> it, it really took, I feel like the beginning of the process was really slow and it was like we were building things like 30 seconds at a time and I think there was a moment where this is the first time, I mean, Maxine and I have known each other for years and we've worked together on kind of broader projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the first time we've worked together this intensely and I think there was probably a minute where she was like, what are we doing? we're never going to get through 45 <laughs> minutes of material at this pace. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden it just clicked and we, I feel like we built a show in like three weeks cool. when it cool. came down to it. It just, all of a sudden we had 45 minutes. It was like, done. Wow. <laughs> My, um, having gone through this experience and you're just about to open, would you, would you do it again? Like for another album? Is this something that you're like, you're like, now that I've done this, I like, I want to do X album or Y album or whatever or yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this something you're interested in? Oh, doing totally. Again? I mean, my my work is um is always you know I work I work a lot with uh, live music in my shows. Yeah. And so I'm used to having you know we just did the Wild Side this uh, past winter with Idiot, which has like a live band on stage, mm-hmm. right? Awesome. Um, and so and I'm in a process actually for a new creation for a show that I'm doing in 2019, where again I have a live band. Cool. So it was kind of nice to get out of that space mm-hmm. where you're creating the music and the dance at the same time yeah. and get into something. Actually, I think part of the ease of of creating the show so fast was the fact that the, the album already exists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We knew how long our piece is. We knew what the emotional arc of the piece is. We yeah. know what the journey from A to Z is. Yeah. So the as, a, as an artist, I was like, oh, half the job's already done. <laughs> so it's actually really great. And the thing we're interested in before doing this again, before creating a show for another album, yeah. actually we're really interested in seeing what would this show be with a different album. Right. Like, what if we just figure out every single album that exists that's between because Dark Side's like about 43 minutes yeah. yeah, and then there's you know there's the turning over of the record yeah. so the whole show's about 45 minutes right. um, but we were like what if we just found every single album that's between 40 and 45 minutes and did the exact same show with different music then you're, or, then you're in Wizard of Oz territory yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, what if, or yeah. what if you know eventually we invited spectators to bring their own their iPod own or their yeah. phone yeah. and 
everybody puts in their headphones and everybody listens to the music they oh, want to like listen a silent, to. Like a silent rave, but like you're actually watching, watching someone exactly. else with your music. You know, and we're like, does does Dark Side of the Moon stay present? Or yeah. or is, you know, if we put on a completely different record, uh, you know, if we put on like Fear of a Black Planet, like what is the show going to say then? Or yeah. if we put on a Joan Baez's Greatest Hits, mm-hmm. what's the show going to say then? Yeah. You know? Um, so I just feel like already with this show I'm really interested to see <laughs> how many manifestations we could make with different music yeah. and definitely I think it, I think it's an exercise I would totally do again because there's just so many records that I love there's mm. so much music that I love and, and I really think that with kind of the resurgence of vinyl mm-hmm. yes. people are into this yeah. like listening to an album in its entirety it's something it's the only place in, in music that we're seeing an increase in sales is yeah. in vinyl yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. and like I think it was last year that, that Amazon sold more record players than, than mp3 players yeah. Yeah. so people are, are hungry for it you know so I, I think why not if it's a thing that, that people are into and if we're going to be into sitting together and listening to records again let's, let's do it let's make it uh, an ongoing activity cool yeah uh, so we just usually to wrap this up we kind of uh, ask what your what, what is your one sentence beer tent pitch for the show so <laughs> <laughs> uh, imagine you, did, you hadn't spent the last uh, like 25 minutes talking about your show if we're just here drinking beers and, and you want to just throw make us come to your show it's two random people drinking beers it's a dance solo to Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> in its entirety <laughs> with really cool video projections so just so <laughs> speaks for itself <laughs> it just kind of speaks for itself no other explanation needed <laughs> Uh, and then also, uh, obviously, you're here to promote Dance Out of the Moon, but are there any other shows that you want to give a shout-out to? Um, I'm so excited about The Fringe. I mean, I'm, I'm actually the board of, uh, mm-hmm. the president uh, of the board of directors of Mainline Theatre, mm-hmm. so Fringe is kind of like uh, my, my Christmas uh, <laughs> in July. I'm so excited for it. Uh, I'm really interested in always seeing the other dance shows, mm-hmm. so there's no sense that's happening at that yeah. conservatory. I'm really excited to see uh, what the hell happened to my patio furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, we just that had him on. Yeah, yeah I'm, I saw a little preview of it uh, in April, and I'm really excited to see the show. And I actually am really excited to see Boca and Maisie. Uh, I'm sad that they're dying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I just kind of discovered them recently, and I'm like, this is amazing. And yeah. then they were like, we're killing our clowns. I'm like, no, <laughs> don't kill the clowns. Uh, so those are definitely, yeah, the three that I'm going to absolutely try to make it to. I'm also the uh, the the bartender for the 13th hour so I don't get to see that many shows because I yeah. work while everybody else is having fun I'm working from like midnight till 4am <laughs> <laughs> and then you need to like rest up enough before the the show exactly yeah. exactly but I, I'm definitely going to try to see at least those three those are Sweet. those are my uh, awesome. picks All of the right. festival thank you Helen thank you guys oh, have a wonderful fringe I will you oh, too oh wait wait we didn't talk yeah, about we did. opening night yeah opening, opening night, night May 31st at night wait 21 hours is nine. Nine. I did. Oh, I was right the first time. <laughs> so May 31st at nine o'clock. On, that's a Thursday. Yep. So you know, again, do a sang cassette. Mm-hmm. Then listen to an amazing album, and see Maxine being amazing. <laughs> And some visuals. And I'm really excited. I just have to say, like, freestanding room is going to be the hottest off venue. I got to see the set for Rootless Tree. I went in during their tech the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited about the show. So you could even come see our shows and just stay for all three of them. <laughs> yeah. It's just like back go. to back, you yeah. know? Hey, book a whole night. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey there. We really hope you've been enjoying our Fringe podcasts. Uh, Go Fringe Yourself. 
Um, just a reminder, at 9to5.cc, we do love all of your fan support. Uh, so if you are enjoying what we're doing, uh, tell your friends about it. Maybe share it on social media. Uh, maybe check out our other podcasts. We have 90s, which is a geek podcast. We have Go Plug Yourself, where we talk to Montrealers every two weeks. We also write a comic. And if you're feeling, like, super generous and you're told all of your friends about us and that's still not enough, uh, you can actually support us maybe financially if you go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. We have some awesome uh, rewards there if you want to chip in maybe a couple bucks to us each month uh thank you very much uh we love doing this and we hope you enjoy what we're doing uh, keep enjoying the fringe everybody 905.cc podcast blogs and comics made in montreal since 2011